a lot of people that are, you know, experiencing homelessness, they don't have that luxury. Their, their struggles are not behind a closed door. They're on a mat in front of 300 other people, including staff members that they don't know. And so I just felt really privileged to have been able to see to see his struggle and to see him on the nights when you know he had a tough day and he didn't want to talk and he didn't want to joke around, you know, and then to see him just months later back on his own two feet, you know, with a haircut and nice clothes and mm. just you yeah. saw the respect that he had for himself. And it was just a really, it's a really beautiful thing. You get to see those things every day. Hello and welcome everybody. Today we have a very special guest on today's episode of Spilling the Tea. I'm joined by Mary Claire, Campaign Development Specialist with the Calgary Mustard Seed. Welcome Mary Claire. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do with the Mustard Seed. Hello, thank you so much for having me. So like you said, I am a campaign development specialist with the Mustard Seed. So the Mustard Seed is a non-profit organization that runs out of five cities currently in Alberta and BC. And basically we work with people that are currently experiencing homelessness or poverty. And so my job as a campaign specialist is to make sure that all of our campaigns and fundraisers align specifically with the different programs that we run out of each of our cities so that we can make sure that they're sustainable and that we've got what we need to make sure that we can keep helping people. Amazing. And do those programs differ from city to city? Yeah, you know, they do. I would say there's kind of a general umbrella in terms of like basic services such as shelter or food compared to wellness or employment. And then kind of how every city executes those programs is a little bit different because as you know, as most Calgarians would say, Edmontonians are, you know, very different from us. And so we like <laughs> to make sure that we cater our programs accordingly. Right. Edmontonians love to be different than Calgarians. I feel like they thrive on that. <laughs> and they're really good at it. So there's no judgment from my job. My job is to work with all of them. So Right. My old boss at PwC, Catherine, shout out if you're listening, she is an Edmontonian and she always used to pump Edmonton's tires. And I was like, I get it. Like, I'm not, <laughs> Edmonton is not a bad place. You don't have to, like, you don't have to convince me. But she, anytime I would go up there for work and visit her, she'd be like talking about like all these different things that Edmonton has and all these great businesses and all these like cool organizations and things that are going on in the city. And I'm like, I'm not here to be sold to. I'm just Selling you on it. That's right? Hilarious. I'm like, I am, I am in. <laughs> I'm fine with your selling. I will move to Edmonton. Yeah, I'll move just to prove to you that I'm not like, I'm not vetoing the northern cities. Like, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I love it. But truthfully, though, there are like major differences in all the cities. And so it is super important for us to be able to tailor our programming to that. So in Red Deer, one of our biggest programs is their school lunch program. So we run that predominantly all year long, but it's been huge now that school is back in for the kids. And so that's one of our biggest food programs out there. Whereas in Kamloops, you know, we predominantly a men's recovery center. And so there's food programming there, but it looks a little bit different than obviously the lunch program would. And then in Medicine Hat, we're doing a massive commercial kitchen reno right now. We actually just did a really great fall harvest event there. It was so fun. It was like a mini COVID farmer's market. And then we actually got to serve food as well out of their champion center there. So it looks a bit different in every city, but the overall umbrellas in terms of the services and programs are the same. It's the same. The support is there, but the way that you bring about to the population is different. 
Exactly. Totally. And so, I mean, you mentioned the C word, COVID. I mean, we're all sick of talking about it. We're all sick of hearing about it. We're all over it. But I do feel like I need to touch on it just a little bit because I am curious. How has COVID affected how you guys are operating and as well as like the population? How has that affected it? Oh, man, of course. Yeah, I know that's been obviously front of mind for all of us for the last six months, if not more at this point. I mean, when it first happened, it was really scary because obviously, I mean, think about you and I, what's the first thing they said is stay home. Stay and home. so right. what do you do if you don't have a home? And so my heart absolutely went out to to the people that are currently experiencing homelessness and the fear and kind of the unknowns and I think we all figured it out together in terms of what the best thing that, that we could do for everyone and to keep them safe and to keep everybody happy and to continue to empower them through this. And so we did just that. I mean, one of the first things that happened is physical distancing. And so, for example, our emergency shelter in Calgary, it's got about 370 mats. And suddenly that number dropped in half because we couldn't put mats side by side. They had to like move a meter apart. And so, I mean, the government has been exceptional with working with us both provincially and federally. And so we were actually able to get funding for a secondary shelter in quite a few of our different cities so that we didn't have to literally, quite literally turn people away at the door. We were terrified that we were going to do that. We had staff members that were like, nope, like, I'll bring him to my house if I have to. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my no. God. Literally like my heart is exploding oh, hearing that. Yes. We certainly, we all rallied together as a community and, and pulled it off. And we're so lucky we haven't had a single guest with a positive COVID case to date. No kidding. Um, yeah, it's truly a miracle. And everyone is just working so hard to keep the safety and well-being of our guests and clients. Because that's why we get out of bed every day. Oh, wow. That is amazing. That is really actually remarkable to hear you say that because sometimes, you know, the token phrase for COVID, you know, the we're we're in this together. There's some times where I feel like, you know, are we in this together? Are we really really when someone's yelling at you for like not physical distancing? Like yesterday I was in Subway ordering a sub and the people that were in front of me in line weren't wearing masks. And I had like just a little bit of like, if I had a little bit more gall, I would have been like, guys, where is your mask? Like even like that, that smallest instance to be like, aren't we in this together? Like, and we're yes. just, you know, we have privilege, we have homes and we're not going to shelters. We're not on the street. Like, and, but then to see that those vulnerable populations being catered to and like for your staff members to be like, they can come to my house if we need to <laughs> doing this. Like, I do, yeah. I don't think HR would have been okay with that, but we would have found a way around it. So, you would have found it. Like, we got pretty, uh, <laughs> luckily we didn't have to, but we could have for sure. You could have. You're like, we would have gone there. Like, exactly. <laughs> what's the sure. worst that can happen? We'll get chewed out. Yeah. We've gotten yelled at before. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. So, well, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of insight and background into the mustard seed and your role within everything. And one of the reasons why you and I are chatting today is kind of to talk about our 2020 Giving Garments collection. And so we have relaunched our Giving Toque and Giving Socks for the 2020 season. And we are working with the Mustard Seed among other Canadian homeless organizations to make sure that everybody is equipped for winter. And so in a nutshell, our Giving Garments campaign, when you purchase a Giving Toque or a pair of Giving Socks, we, Local Laundry, will donate one to homeless shelters across Canada. Again, like I said, the Mustard Seed is working really closely with us. And so 
I wanted to sort of know a little bit about like, as I'm talking, it's literally pouring down snow. <laughs> like, What does this time of year? I'm like, this is supposed to be fall, but winter came early. It's October 21st. So what does this winter season, how does this look for the mustard seed and the populations that you're catering to? Yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, certainly this time of year, things are ramping up. So as it gets colder outside, you know, we've got more people that need a roof over their heads. So there are quite a few people in Calgary, you know, I'm sure you've seen like the tents in the bushes or maybe down by the river who would be what we would consider rough sleeping. And you can do that probably only four months or maybe five months of the year here in Calgary. And then after that, you know, you're really running the risk of harming yourself because of hypothermia and obviously being open to the elements. And so we definitely this time of year start to see those numbers unfortunately ramp up in in terms of our emergency housing. But then that's just a trigger for us to work even harder to try and push and empower those people and give them the resources to be able to move into transitional housing. So the government's given us a grant actually right now out of Calgary that enables us to be able to pull people straight from the shelter and get them into transitional housing. So it will cover the cost of a damage deposit and first month's rent which is exceptional, but that's usually something that most people don't think about. They're like, oh, well, you just need enough money for first month's rent, but it's not. You actually need, you know, and in Calgary, that can be like $2,000. And if you're only on, you know, Alberta Works, it's a lot of money to come up with. And so, like I said, the government's really stepped up and so has the community. You know, we've got more low-income housing than we did before, which is fantastic. And so that really, it helps us to be able to move people into you know, a place where they're standing on their own feet. We always like to say we're here to give people a hand up, not a hand out. And that's, that's kind of the difference, you know? You're empowering people to make different decisions in order to like change their lives and be healthier and also like getting off the street and becoming warmer and, you know, having a roof over your head and all that sort of thing. Like that's huge. Exactly. And then same goes with um, like with the clothing items that people need. So obviously, Mm -hmm. if it gets colder, I would say that toques and socks are the number one thing that people are asking for. So whether they don't even have to stay at our shelter, they can just come to one of our locations and ask for those. And we've got plenty of them. But one of the things actually that I thought I kind of never really thought about until when COVID hit, I started to pull some shifts at the shelter just to help out in the evenings because we were so busy and it was such a crazy time. And one of the kind of stations that I worked at was the clothing room and the hygiene room. Mm. And in the evenings, it was wild to me how many people would come up and ask for socks and toques. And I was kind of like, oh, like, you know, you're chatting with people and I was like, sweet, like, is this for work tomorrow or, you know, but it was actually just to sleep with. So because they're in this big, you know, warehouse, essentially, we make it as nice as we can. But, you know, you're sleeping on a mat with, you know, sometimes not the thickest blanket and you can get a bit chilly. And so these people were were coming to grab socks, not just for the day, but also to sleep at night to stay warm. And so I don't know why, but that just like warmed my heart. And I really liked that, that we could like, yeah, you're, you're keeping people warm all through the day, not just, you know, when you see someone struggling on the streets which again, they don't often have proper footwear. And so the first thing that happens is, you know, you're stepping in on the side of the street full of snow and your Mm -hmm. socks get wet. Mm -hmm. And we've all been there before, you know, that's not a fun feeling to have wet socks and it can freeze you to the bones. So totally when your extremities are cold, the rest of your body is cold. 
Yes, absolutely. Your feet are cold, the rest of your body is cold. As soon as your feet warm up, then the rest of your body can kind of adapt from there. And so making people feel comfortable, not only in their daily lives, but especially when they're sleeping and their body can find ways to recover and recuperate from, you know, a stressful day, not only if they are on the streets, but even just like if they're working or whatever people are, you know, in their daily lives are doing, that comfort level and that sleep is huge. So to have that and to almost feel like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm taken care of, not just, you know, for the times I need to be, but the times I actually can like relax and settle down Mm -hmm. and, and have some time to think and process and rejuvenate. Like that's awesome. So then if, you know, not only local laundry, not only this campaign specifically, but when there are donations, how does that, you know, say we drop off a bunch of toques and socks or, you know, Anybody else that's listening and that wants to do a donation of any kind, say you drop off at the mustard seed, like how does that trickle into the actual organization? Do you just bring it like straight to the hands of the people that are, are utilizing your services or sort of like walk us through that process? Yeah, of course. So we do have what we call a sorting center here in Calgary, and some of our other locations have the same. And so that's kind of like our main hub of where all the donations go. And then what we do is exceptional volunteers throughout the year will come and they'll organize it all for us. So things like work boots will be like, okay, so if someone comes in and they're a woman and they need a size seven steel toe boot, then we've got that organized and we've got that in a place that we can easily grab it for them. And so dependent on what the donation is, it will either get taken directly to our shelters and then those are taken into the clothing room, which can be utilized as many times a day as someone needs. And again, that's definitely part of like like the dignity part. Like we don't just make people line up and here's your sweater for the day. It's come in, make yourself at home, find mm-hmm. something that you like, you know, mm-hmm. go shopping, see, yeah. see what fits, see what works. And so that's typically how it works in Calgary. It's similar to to our other locations as well. So we try to make it as personal as possible. And yeah, it really truly does go right into the hands of of the people that need it. Like I said, sometimes it will go through our donation center if it's a larger donation, but more often than not, we've got, I know here in Calgary, shout out to Tony, our amazing driver. He's uh, (laughs) Tony. Tony actually used to be a client of the Mustard Seed. He's got got an exceptional success story. And we just, yeah. We love Tony with all of our hearts, and he is driving back and forth from downtown to the shelter every day, dropping off donations and making sure that the clients that are utilizing the shelter now have everything that that he did. Oh, incredible. Way to go, Tony. Right? We got to get to resilience. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He loved that. He's honestly the best. Oh, my God. We should. And speaking of success stories, are you able to share any other sort of success stories that you've witnessed or encountered yourself? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've certainly seen a lot. One just the other day, I actually, so we've got some transitional housing here, or sorry, permanent supportive housing here in Calgary. And my building that I work out of my office is right across from one of those buildings. And I was just kind of like walking home the other day and I ran into a guy who's now living in the permanent supportive housing that actually was at the shelter when I was working there back in April. And we just kind of started chatting and he got really teary eyed and he just thanked us for basically, yeah, he was, he'd been set up with some like government assistance in terms of getting an income again. And he was using our wellness center and was chatting to our counselors and he just had nothing but, but great things to say. And I was making fun of him because like <laughs> playfully, yeah. <laughs> um, because when I worked the hygiene room, he always liked a specific lotion. It was the funniest thing. He would come in and he would be like, I just like, I need the one lotion. And I'm like, come on. Like, just like 
take what you know there's a lineup so I asked so many other options (laughs) there's so many other options but so I was laughing at him and I was like okay so now do you have like all the lotion that you need you're just like stocked up and he laughed and it was just so nice he's just you know to just actually watch someone through some of you know I, I feel like we're all so lucky that some of the hardest times of our life go unseen you know, we've got social media and we post mm-hmm. beautiful things and great things. And, you know, our, our struggles are oftentimes behind closed doors. And a lot of people that are, you know, experiencing homelessness, they don't have that luxury. Their, their struggles are not behind a closed door. They're on a mat in front of 300 other people, including staff members that they don't know. And so I just felt really privileged to have been able to see see his struggle and to see him on the nights when you know he had a tough day and he didn't want to talk and he didn't want to joke around you know and then to see him just months later back on his own two feet you know with a haircut and nice clothes and Mm. just you saw the respect that he had for himself and it was just a really it's a really beautiful thing you get to see those things every day yeah every day yeah totally and does it ever get I mean it's hard for those people that are are using the shelter and using those services and to trying to get back on their feet and, and help their own lives. But does it, I mean, you must be so empathetic to either witness if you're working in the shelter to seeing these people's lives and how they're moving through them and also seeing like the darker side of life that, you know, a lot of people aren't exposed to. You personally, I guess I should ask, like, does, has that affected you? Like, does the mustard seed have services for like, for workers in terms of like seeing, you know, the darker side of life or even like violence or drug abuse or just like, you know, and and moving through that and working through that, like from a personal level, does the mustard seed cater to the other side of of you, of everyone that's working with the mustard seed in order to like provide those services for that population? Yeah, no, they certainly do. I mean, I remember in my first week, they brought up a word that I'd never heard and it was, or a, a comment, but it was called compassion fatigue. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) Yes, compassion fatigue. And it's a real thing. It's burnout from caring too much and seeing so much. And so you have to be, you know, we're all really taken care of. We're kind of like one big family. And there's consistent check-ins to make sure that we have that work-life balance, you know, that nobody's burning out, that everybody's getting the time with their family and friends that they need. And then we've got an amazing program through our benefits where we do have access to like therapists and psychologists in the city. And that's all taken care of by our company, like on top of our benefits, which is fantastic. And so part of our reporting structure, kind of on the admin side, but we have what's called a serious incident report. And so that's where if something traumatic happens, like you said, whether it's violence or drug use, you know, or sometimes a death. And obviously there's staff members involved. And so we keep track of all those staff members. And then more often than not, we'll send them home as soon as it's happened, like gauging how they're doing. But then it's also a really great way for our HR department to make sure that they have the proper resources available to make sure that they're doing okay. You know, whether, like I said, that's more time with their family or a few days off of work. They're really exceptional in that case because, and truthfully, like, between you and I and whoever the listeners are, I could never work on the front lines because I'm just like, I'm way too soft. Like I know that I would take that home. Like, and so I just have so much respect for those that do work the front lines every day. And they still come in every day with a smile and with patience and kindness and compassion and love and, and they cannot take it home. I don't know. I truthfully have no idea how they do it. I get way too involved in, a commercial for God's sakes, just sitting there crying and you're just like, what's going on? 
I'm the same, but that is honestly, so that's one of the biggest things I've learned working there is such a thin line between enabling someone versus Mm. empowering them. Right. And that is something that I, I guess I haven't really seen because I'm like, well, help is help and kindness is kindness. And you know, you can never help too much. And so actually you totally can, and you can do it to the point where yeah, you're enabling them to stay where they are, which is not good for them. And the best thing that you can do is maybe a tougher love approach, you know, or to make them work a little bit harder for it because then it's something that that they can value themselves for. And so that was something that, again, why I would be terrible because I'm just way too much of a suck. And I like, when I was working in the clothing room, I was like, sure, have another dance, take one of those three these. Yeah, like, I want. <laughs> you know? I was like, that's the yeah. job. <laughs> totally. And they were like, that's not what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, we have lots. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd be the same way. I'd be like, just take everything. Right? Exactly. It's true. So you're right. Yeah. Like, in that instance, like, you're not empowering someone to go out and challenge themselves or to no, you know, work differently or smarter or harder or whatever that looks like. I love that you said that, that there's a difference between enabling and empowering. And I feel like when we feel empowered, we're more willing to, you know, step outside of our comfort zone or achieve things that, that we did. And we can say like, I built this or I created this or I made the success for myself, whatever success looks like to any person. Please. That empowerment, that feels good. It does feel good. And you think of like any entrepreneur, anytime you've like tried something new and it takes courage, you know, and oftentimes you're going to fall flat on your face, but that one time that you don't, my God, that feels good. (laughs) That is such, oh my gosh. Yeah. And like you working with the small business, like local laundry, there's so many times where it's like, okay, we all have these great ideas, but listen, we don't have a marketing budget. So if you have, <laughs> you have all the resources without having any money, so yes. throw them against the wall. And if it sticks, great. We'll go after it. If it doesn't, exactly. we'll just write that off as a loss, but we actually, you know, we didn't lose anything of monetary value, but like when it does, when things work and things are moving and grooving, yeah, like what a phenomenal feeling, but we need those. I don't even want to use the word failure, but we need those hiccups that you're just like, shit, that didn't work. Okay. Now we just take a deep breath and, and, you know, keep on trucking because exactly as long as you keep on trucking, you keep moving forward. Then no matter if you're tripping on your own feet, then at least you're learning from it. Exactly. And you build resilience that way. You know, like I've never seen so many resilient people in my life. You know, when there were days when COVID was first happening and like, I was terrified, but like, like I said, I still had a home to go back to. I still had family and friends that I could FaceTime and, you know, and then there were these people that were lining up for the bus outside and they were just cool as could be. Like they were like, yeah, it's all going to be okay. And I was like, how are you giving me life advice right now? Like you were taking this like with such a, you know, such a beautiful outlook. And then I realized that it was, it was my perspective. You know, my perspective was coming from a place of fear and from lack. And theirs was not. Theirs was coming from this like beautiful place of abundance and that there's, there's enough for everyone. And that with courage and kindness, you can get anywhere you need to be. And so I've definitely learned more from people who, are struggling with poverty or, or experiencing homelessness or even just having a really shitty day. I've learned more I've learned more from them than I have in any other facet of my life for sure. Wow. That's incredible. Now how can people get involved? Like besides 
obviously donations. In terms of donations, do you, can people just drive down to the mustard seed and drop off or are there different locations that people can drop off to or how does that work? You totally can. So in each of the city, there's a drop-off location. If you go to the seed.ca, then you can go to that particular city and see kind of the dates and times for their drop-offs mm-hmm. that they accept. Mm-hmm. In Calgary, we're seven days a week, which is fantastic. And you can mm-hmm. either drop it off downtown at 102 11th Ave Southeast or up at our Hill shelter. And yeah, that's basically, it's, it's as easy as that. And certainly we, we appreciate all of those kind of donations. Or if you wanted to make a monetary donation, again, you can go to the seed.ca and click donate now. You know, that always makes a, a massive difference because that's how we fund our programs. That's how we continue to be able to, to help people. And I think what an amazing opportunity to be able to, to be a part of that. And then obviously there's volunteerism, right? So actually right. like, Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Yes. On the ground. Yeah. We had to shut down some of our volunteerism, obviously, over COVID. We just had to be like strict AHS guidelines, as well as like what was happening in BC with our location in Kamloops. But recently we've started back up. So you can definitely, you know, volunteer with us. And that makes such a difference. And, And I feel like, you know, it just puts such a face and a name to homelessness when people just see that it's it's just a person like it's not this scary person on the corner that like you know that you don't want to make eye contact with it's like it's a human being and there's a humanity behind that and so when you do get to volunteer you get the opportunity to just meet some pretty exceptional people so that's definitely a way that that you can give back as well awesome yeah you can give back in physical items and you can also give back in your own time Exactly. And there's nothing worth more than your time these days, right? Right. Well, I mean, and like, there's nothing really else to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's your butt down and go volunteer. You're hilarious. Yes, exactly. But no excuse now. Exactly. You got to volunteer. We got to do it. So, I mean, we're all about community. Like local laundry, our big thing is that we're all about community. We're all about building and supporting and, and impacting the communities around us. And so obviously the mustard seed has a huge community around it. What are some of the ways that you or like your role works to support those vulnerable communities in the mustard seed? Yeah. I mean, certainly community is, is a part of everything we do. And I would say that my part in that is just part of the collaboration. So because when I first started at the Mustard Seed, I was more on the program side. So I got to work with housing and employment and mental health and even like our veterans village. And so they'd never had anyone on the development team from programming before. And it was great because I realized that I got to be kind of this conduit of like connecting one to the other. And so a big part of my job is education. So it's educating the different cities on all the different programs that we offer in other cities to say, would this work there? So for example, we were trying to think of this Christmas a few months ago now, we were trying to think of uh, something that we could do for low-income families here in Calgary and also in Kamloops. And in Edmonton, they do this amazing pop-up shop every Christmas. And essentially what they do is they set up like a room full of toys that have been donated, like brand new toys that aren't wrapped. And then these families can come in and you can purchase any toy that you want for $2. So every toy is $2. And it's just absolutely incredible to see the difference that that makes because they're contributing to it. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not a handout and you're not getting a My Little Ponies for your 14-year-old son. You know, a toy that doesn't, you know, that that's just a toy for the sake of, like that you're just getting a toy for the sake of... 
Exactly. They feel like they actually get to provide a Christmas right. for their children. And empowerment, so, baby. Empowerment. That is where it's at. And so I was luckily able to then say to our Calgary office, as well as the one up in Kamloops, what if we did this out of our community hubs? And so now we're doing it out of three cities. So I would just say, yeah, collaboration and communication. That's a big part of what I do. It's just trying to I don't come up with any of the ideas. I just get to, uh, oh, to don't them. say that. Come on. <laughs> come on. Don't. <laughs> you're so kind. I so. know that you're in there with the wheels turning. I already know it. I've only talked oh, to you twice, but I know it. <laughs> you're so kind. Thank you. <laughs> well, don't cut yourself short. Like you're, you're in there, you're providing value. It's like you said, it's communication, it's collaboration. And at the end of the day, it's all about community. So don't erase your thoughts. That was a brilliant idea. Come on. No, I do have great ideas. And no. luckily people do tend to listen to them when I when I yeah. bring something to the table. So well, that's, that's, nice. yeah. that's that's always good. But I do think it's it's like a really good lesson in terms of like I think we all want to feel like we make a difference. And I think it's so easy to feel like oh, I'm not on the front lines. I'm not actually making a difference. So like, if I give $20, what's that going to do? You know, but it is one of those things where we are a community and it all does make a difference. And the smallest thing, even if your reach is just extending someone else's reach, then how wonderful is that? And so in my case, from like a humble standpoint, I would say my job is to extend the reach of those around me so that we can have a greater impact. Our mission statement at the Mustard Seed is to bring hope and well-being to our most vulnerable citizens and I, I try to do that in everything that I, that I do in every campaign and every brief and every, you know, and sometimes I have to remind myself when it's kind of down to the monotonous tasks, but like, mm-hmm. are we really making a difference? Like, yes, you absolutely yes. are. Yeah. And we all can, right? Absolutely. It's a trickle effect. You know, like you're continuing to reaching other people and those people have influence and those people and those people and those people have influence or they have reach and they have impact. So if it feels little, maybe maybe it is little, but that little thing will be a bigger play. You're you're involving yourself in something that's way bigger than you are. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's the most powerful thing, and that to me is the true essence of community. In whether it's you know with the mustard seed or vulnerable populations or any sort of community gatherings that you've. I mean, gatherings is not a great word to use right now during COVID, mm. but <laughs> but in any kind of community gatherings, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, <laughs> with masks just on. Like, let's just put like <laughs> asterisks. Exactly. But, remember your COVID masks and stand right. two meters apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that's where things become I'm going to use another not COVID friendly word but they, they become contagious and that warmth and that knowing that like you are involving yourself in something that's bigger than you and that yes. kind of takes the ego out of it you know what I mean so like that you feel that empowerment and other people are uplifted when they're around you and like you said it's a beautiful thing that's what it is at the end of the day you're creating impact and you're giving support and you're creating empowerment. And that's what, especially people in, like you said, in our vulnerable communities, that's what they need. And yeah. I mean, I frick, I need that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I'm so empowered. All, like, I just listen having this conversation with you. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go out and attack this day. Let's go. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you got to lift each other up, right? Totally. totally. So that being said, we're going to wrap up pretty quickly here, but just one couple last questions I'll ask. Mm -hmm. This is kind of totally, this is more of a generic question, but what is the best advice you've ever been given? Ooh, that's such a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would say 
it's more kind of a, a how to live your life versus advice, but it kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier, which is just that like courage and kindness, like mm-hmm. it will get you everywhere you need to be. If you can just dig deep and find the courage to do what's true to you and the right thing is, and then just be kind, like, my God, like everybody just needs to be a little bit kinder. And I feel like it could change the world, especially right now. You know, I think we need, we need to come together versus find ways to push each other apart. Absolutely. Even though we're supposed to stay apart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even though physically we're supposed to stay apart and literally, but. Like, yeah. like, yeah, physically we're apart, but like emotionally we're together. Emotionally we're together. Right? Exactly. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like all the other lees, but not, but exclude the physical. <laughs> <laughs> Just maybe not the physical. Exactly. Yeah, not physical. Not physical. Not right now. okay the last question I'm going to ask you sort of again on the generic lines what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome like say actually we'll keep it within your role at the mustard seed it's probably learning how to say no when it comes to our guests because people will like anything in life people will push you and I'm an exceptionally kind individual and to a fault and so I've definitely had opportunities where you know I would have gotten my wrist slapped from HR had I done, you know, what I wanted to say yes in my heart. And again, I just had to go back to that. Okay. Am I empowering them if I do this or am I enabling them? And I think we all have people in our life that we could kind of take that standpoint and take that viewpoint and maybe make some different decisions that would help them and probably help us. And I would say it's it's a struggle for me, but it's a valuable life lesson for sure. Amazing. I love that. I mean, that's a great challenge to overcome and to work on or to like have insight on because it's something that I feel like you'll probably in your role will always be challenged on. Always, for sure. It just comes with the territory. Right. <laughs> just take it in stride. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to start to wrap us up. Is there any sort of like last comments or questions that you have for me? No, not at all. You've been amazing. Yeah, this is such an exciting partnership and we're just so grateful and so thankful for Local Laundry and everything that you guys do and yeah, for helping us this year with, I don't know, keeping people warm, not just on the outside, but also on the inside, you know, and that makes a difference. Oh yeah, we're super happy to be working with you guys again and we're just happy to especially for this campaign where you actually have like a physical garment that you can actually like see being Mm. worn not necessarily being worn but you know that exactly where those garments go to and how they actually impact the people that need them so we're super thrilled to be working with you again and we can't wait for more for more collaborations and more ways to support so i will let you wrap up actually by saying how can listeners support you follow you interact with mustard seed yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're all on all the social media channels. So you can go to the seed.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I'm pretty sure we're on Twitter. We've got a great YouTube channel as well that we're trying to get more content on every day. So, awesome. and I think there's a takeover happening. Is there not with local laundry in the next little uh, bit? Hell yes, there is. Hell yeah. I'm pretty sure there is. So you'll be seeing lots of our content then. Yes. Yes. We, there's much more for our, in terms of content to come from the mustard seed that you guys will be seeing on the local laundry channels, just giving you guys some insight into what the mustard seed looks like. If you haven't been down there and ways that you can support and give back and not only in physical garments, but your actual time. Cause like we said, there's nothing else to do. So y'all are going to go volunteer. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> okay, awesome. Well, we have officially spilt the tea with Mary Claire and the mustard seed. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you all in our next episode. Bye. Bye. Spilling the Tea podcast is brought to you by a local laundry. Made for creators, influencers, marketers, and entrepreneurs, each episode we spill the tea on new marketing tips and tricks while laundering insights from guests and hanging local laundry insider secrets out to dry. Wash up on your marketing, creating, and influencing know-how and stay tuned for new episodes and weekly chitter-chatter. chatter